Welcome to the Voices in Recovery podcast. Voices in Recovery is produced by Freedom's Path Recovery Society, a registered Canadian charity. If you enjoy the podcast, please consider a donation at www.freedomspathrecoverysociety.ca. All donations go directly to assisting Freedom's Path in providing services free of charge and helps us keep the podcast going. We are grateful for any and all donations. This podcast discusses difficult topics such as childhood abuse, drug and alcohol use, sexuality, sexualized trauma, and more. If you are under the age of 18, please speak with your legal guardian prior to listening. The opinions expressed during the podcast are those of the individual and not those of Voices in Recovery or Freedom's Path Recovery Society. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. This podcast is being recorded on the traditional land of the Blackfoot Confederacy. This consists of the Kainai, Pekani, Siksika, and the Blackfeet in the U.S. We acknowledge the Stony Nakoda, which consists of the Bearspaw, Morley, and Chinookee. We acknowledge the Satina, who are Dene, and the Métis, Inuit, status and non-status from all of Turtle Island, and those who are visiting. We are all treaty people. But Gina, thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to tell my story because um, it's okay. it was, I know that I always learn from listening to people's stories and mm. take something from it. Or yeah, there's just always something that I take from listening to someone else's story who's mm -hmm. in recovery or something that I can relate to. Mm -hmm. My story is quite um, extreme, <laughs> and uh, I don't know. Well, definitely some extreme it's, consequences. Yeah, eh? and it's been, you know, tragic, I guess, too. It's been tough. It's mm -hmm. been a tough 41 years. But, um, no, I'm, I'm happy to, to share it, because why not, like, you know, help people mm -hmm. by sharing your story? Oh, I know that it can make a difference, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, like I said, I take from it all, all the time too. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I guess here we go. Um, right I'll start from just like brief stuff as a kid. Like I grew up in a, in a war zone, pretty much. Mm -hmm. Like with my immediate family, um, my parents' marriage was very toxic. I would say that both my parents were not well mm. like they weren't people who were well and um even that like ex like I could see like in just looking back back and even to this day there are there are a lot of people in my family who are not mm. well or recovery focused mm -hmm. to say the least and um so yeah, like I just, I grew up in a war zone. There was lots of emotional abuse, like verbal abuse, physical abuse, no sexual abuse, but yeah, it wasn't, wasn't a safe place. Like mm -hmm. my home wasn't safe at all. Mm -hmm. I was, I wasn't allowed to be a kid. Yeah, no doubt. Like ever. So in the way that there wasn't a lot, like there was, very little substance abuse in my family, I would say. Some, like, some drinkers, but, like, mostly, like, really bad. Mm -hmm. Codependency stuff mm -hmm. and love addiction mm -hmm. stuff. Okay. And food. Okay. Like, big time, mm -hmm. big time, big time. 
I'm, I am Italian, so I don't know if the food thing plays a part <laughs> in all of that, but um, there was a lot of, um, there was just always, always, always a lot of food around, mm -hmm. whether if it was just like at home, like where I lived with my, you know, with my immediate family and family functions were always centered around food. That's all we mm -hmm. did was sit around and eat and talk and argue, mm -hmm. eat, talk and argue like for hours, mm -hmm. hours and hours. So, and there were a lot of overeaters in my family. Like overeating was like an achievement mm -hmm. almost. And there were quite a few of us that actually suffered the other way, like with restricting. Mm -hmm. So, and I was one of them. Did you choose, if I can ask, did you choose to restrict based on what you've seen, what you watched of other people who were overeating? Yeah. Yeah. It was mostly um, my mom mm. um, overate. Mm -hmm. She was she was normal weight until after she had kids, but like she, I always remember her as being overweight mm -hmm. and her. She was always dieting, always like looking herself in the mirror and like like verbally saying out loud how fat she looked mm. and like asking me how she looked in out certain like outfits. Mm. Do I look fat in this? Or I don't look like my sisters because her sisters are all like mm. quite small boned, like yeah. just smaller boned people. So mm. she compared herself to that all the time. So lots of reinforcement there with like, I don't want to live. I don't want to mm. end up looking like my mom. Like that was like a really huge fear of mine. Mm -hmm. And I naturally started looking, like comparing myself to girls at school. Mm -hmm. And I, was, I wasn't one of those small boned, like little petite girls, you mm -hmm. know, but I wasn't fat, right? But I wasn't, I didn't look like that. Mm -hmm. So I can remember as early as eight years old being like on a diet. Yeah, and being and telling myself I need to, you know, I need to, to lose weight, mm -hmm. because, well, I wasn't really getting made fun of by boys yet. Mm -hmm. That started happening like a little bit down the road, but um, but yeah, so that started like that young, mm -hmm. and I would also like like my fondest, some of my fondest memories as a kid, like a younger kid, mm -hmm. are like are about food, mm -hmm. right? So that, that form of addiction like manifested very, like very fast. Mm -hmm. um, and also like codependency stuff even. Mm -hmm. um, Cause I, I remember, oh, I'm so ashamed to admit this too, but like I remember like having like my closest friend, like my best friend, if mm -hmm. they were like playing with somebody else, I'd be worried that they'd never want to play with me anymore, mm -hmm. right? And like this is like awareness after doing lots of work mm -hmm. on myself and, you know, CODA and like SLAA mm -hmm. stuff, so. That's good work, because that's. I think that came from just not being nurtured mm -hmm. like properly as, as a young, like just as a young child, because mm -hmm. there, was, there was no, nurturing like mm -hmm. at all like I got fed my clothes got washed I had a roof over my head but mm -hmm. my mom didn't tell me she loved me until like she was almost dying like on her deathbed mm -hmm. like when she was 49 so 
And my dad was never around because mm -hmm. he was a workaholic mm -hmm. and he he had a second life like he mm -hmm. was having an affair like since the year I was born. So the first year that my mom and dad were married. Mm -hmm. So yeah, like that that was a big that whole thing like between my parents was something that I needed to escape from because I was very much so both my brother and I were very much so stuck in the middle of it. Mm -hmm. It was a war like that my parents were were at. Um, the truth didn't really fully come out until I was about 14, mm -hmm. but my mom always suspected something was going on. And like my mom wasn't the nicest person either. Like she was mean, you know, like, but I didn't want to, you know, she wanted me to hate my dad and mm -hmm. I didn't want to hate my dad. He was my dad. Like, yeah. and I, like, even as a kid, I knew that, you know, mom, this isn't my problem. Mm -hmm. Like he did this to you. He left you. He didn't leave me. And like, he, you know, yeah. And mm -hmm. she, yes, she did. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Mm -hmm. You know, and I just... I didn't look at it that way. It hurt to find out that that's what, what he was doing. Like, mm -hmm. so right there, that like all this whole scenario messed up my template for mm -hmm. relationships and into like socially intimate relationships. Mm -hmm. Well, especially being around a lot of abuse, right? Yeah, like yeah. I intimacy is difficult after all. Yes, I I don't even know how to communicate my feelings properly. Mm -hmm. Like when they're hurt, mm -hmm. I don't know how to be a, just assertive. I'll either shut down or yeah, or blow up. But, <laughs> so yeah, so the food stuff got really bad when my dad, like, like when my parents separated mm -hmm. for the final time, like they separated. Yeah. And it took 12 years like for their divorce and property and all that asset stuff to get mm -hmm. settled. Like that's how long it took. And like, even to this day, there's still, like my mom's passed away like 14 years ago mm -hmm. and there's still like animosity between the two sides of the family. Mm -hmm. Like my mom's sisters and like my dad and his sister, like it's, mm -hmm. it's uncomfortable. Like it's still, you can cut the tension with the knife. It goes back a long way. Yeah, yeah. So. So, yeah, like just to, like, I guess. It's once like the I, Hatfield and McCoys. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's, it's not been fun, but I've been quite isolated. I've separated myself from mm. it quite a bit over the past, like, 10 years. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, the food stuff got really bad. I was, went into, like, I was, and they call it, ener we're calling it anorexia, but mm -hmm. it's food addiction. That was pretty bad for about three or four years. Mm -hmm. So I went from like 120 pounds down to 80 pounds. Oh, wow, Gina. Yeah, so I was sick, mm -hmm. like I was physically sick. And I did end up in the hospital, you know, but I managed to make it through like wow. high school, not, not high school, junior high, like on the honor roll all mm -hmm. the time. So. I had no time for friends. Like I was just in full on anorexia, food addiction mode just to, mm. like it was just like a, I didn't have, I didn't even have to think about my parents mm -hmm. anymore and all the stuff that was going on with them. I just had to worry about 
keeping my calories down, yeah. mm-hmm. exercising three hours a day, and getting straight A's in school. Mm-hmm. And I did that hard, hard for th- like all through junior high. Mm-hmm. You focused on things you could control, right? Yeah, because yeah. I just there it was just insanity all mm-hmm. around me all the time. And you know, during this time too, my mom's frustrated with me because mm-hmm. my dad like. She's going through her own stuff and, you know, I'm getting physically abused mm-hmm. during this time as well. And oh. she's frustrated with me because I'm not eating and like, I've, yeah, it's not something that I ever want to go through ever again. No like doubt. get that bad. Did you, do you feel like you were pretty close to dying then? Cause like that's 40 pounds. I, that's a lot like, of weight. I didn't take it as dying then, yeah. but the doctors did. Oh, I bet. Like my heart rate, like my heart started going off beat. Yeah. And once they, my doctor was like, okay, like you're going to the hospital. And mm. they were all over me with like tests and like yeah. my electrolytes were off and they just needed to get me balanced out that way and mm-hmm. to get a certain amount of weight oh, on oh, me. Yeah. And That's scary. Yeah. That's two thirds your weight. That's yeah. a third of your weight that you lost. Yeah. That is yeah, so no, much. I, I yeah, no, I looked like emaciated. Wow. Like it was... It's unbelievable to sit, see you sitting here talking about it though. Like honestly, when I think yeah. about it, lots of people don't make it. No, right? you know, and I, like I'm, I was blessed to have gotten help mm-hmm. that I did and to have had, as dysfunctional as my family is, like we don't, we stick together. Mm-hmm. Like most of us stick together no matter what. Yeah. Through, through anything, especially my mom. Mm-hmm. Like my mom would never have abandoned me in any way, even mm-hmm. though she was, you know, a piece of work. Like we both were, mm-hmm. right? So, um, yeah. So I got out of the hospital. I lost a bunch of weight again, but managed to keep myself like not mm-hmm. like that low. And then you know, fast forward to high school. When I got into high school, it was just like, um, we, I went shopping for clothes with mm-hmm. my, with my cousins on my mom's side and my aunts, cause my mom was really close with all of them. And like a size zero was like falling off me. Mm-hmm. And I, I finally, like, I was scared. Mm-hmm. Like I look at, I could, I, I don't know what it was. Something snapped on me and like a light bulb went on in my head and I looked at myself in the mirror and I was comparing myself to like, you know, one of my cousins. And I was like, whoa, I'm sick. Mm -hmm. So then I started binging. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, I went from restricting, but like restricting wasn't not, not eating for me. It was eating high volumes of low calorie food Mm. and purging. So like exercising three hours a day. So making sure that my calorie was like zero at the end of the day. Right. So, and I was fooling people into believing that I was eating. Because you would eat. Because I was eating lots of food, mm-hmm. right? And I'm like, but she eats. Like my mom would be like, she's eating, she's mm-hmm. eating, you know, but I had to be in control of everything that I ate. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's no different than like a, you know, a drug addict or Sounds exactly the same. hiding like things mm-hmm. or bottles or whatever. It's the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. So once I got into high school and started binging and stuff like that, like, and it was, you know, three hours of my exercise time got taken up by three hours of taking the bus. And, mm. you know, like, I was just like, I couldn't, I couldn't handle it. Like, I just couldn't, mm-hmm. I, it was hard to gain weight. It was scaring me, but at the same time, I couldn't stop binging. Mm-hmm. 
So, and then like boys became, mm -hmm. you know, with a, a, a new like thing that was like- A new avenue of support. Yeah, <laughs> or just like a feel good mm -hmm. thing, you know? So once my weight like kind of settled that, like settled down and I started, I don't know, I started working, like I got a part-time mm -hmm. job. School, like I bombed high school, like, I, it wasn't a priority to me, mm -hmm. like getting my weight under control and going to the gym mm -hmm. and avoiding being at home and meeting boys at the gym after school and staying there until nine o'clock was my priority, mm -hmm. not school, right? So mm -hmm. it kind of morphed from starving myself to... Doing whatever. Yeah, having fun and... Mm -hmm and stuff like that. So I did had to upgrade after high school and I started a job at a casino where I worked for five years. Mm -hmm. And that job fed into my addictions like mm -hmm. really well because I was like, my job was very intensive. Mm -hmm. Like I was a waitress so I was running around like a chicken with my head cut off for like mm -hmm. eight hours a shift. And I did, I did end up losing weight too. So I went from about like 140 back down to 115. So I was like, okay, this is good. I like mm -hmm. this. And I started smoking, which helped me eat less too. Mm -hmm. And so much attention from men, mm -hmm. like so much attention and like lots of boys to meet mm -hmm. like there and after like after work and going to the bars and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So, you know, like mm -hmm. university or whatever was not, was not a priority mm -hmm. <laughs> like at all. Cause I was making money, like I was mm -hmm. making money and I was having fun and I was still like living at home, but I didn't have to like be around my mom because mm -hmm. I work nights and she worked days and it just, mm -hmm. you know, kinda, Worked out? Yeah, and I was just in this <laughs> rebellious phase of just like, you know, I'm finally get to have fun. Mm -hmm. You know, and be a brat. I do. Yeah. <laughs> so I met like, um, so, what do I say? Yeah, I met my, I want to call him my big ex. Because mm. I was with him for like 14 years. Oh, okay. It's a long time. Yeah, it's a really long time. I met him when I was 20. Mm -hmm. He was 29. But before him, I was pretty gaga over this one guy. And my like when we didn't work out, like my heart was so broken, like mm -hmm. so broken. And we didn't have dating apps and stuff back then. Mm -hmm. And like I just was jaded, like by that situation ending. Like and I never wanted to like feel that heartbroken ever again. Mm -hmm. So and I didn't like date anybody or anything after that. Like I was just heartbroken. Mm -hmm. So when I met um, the big the one. big ex, yeah, mm -hmm. um, like he was cute and stuff, and like he was a poker player. Like mm. <laughs> not the best place to meet like a man. Is <laughs> a casino is not the best place, but so we didn't really like there wasn't a like a there wasn't like this strong like connection or really strong crazy chemistry between mm -hmm. us so the whole like 
love gaga, like dopamine, oxytocin, chemical thing mm -hmm. that happens. It didn't happen that strongly with him and that felt safe to me because mm. I was just like, okay, well, I don't want to be alone. Mm -hmm. You know, like he's a nice person. So let's just try this out. Mm -hmm. You know, and I've just felt, I guess I felt, and I hate to admit this too, because it sounds awful, but I just felt like I got this guy like mm -hmm. wrapped around my finger. Like if anyone's going to end this, it's going to be me. Mm -hmm. And that was the case, but I stayed I stayed with this person for 14 years mm -hmm. and I wasn't even, we weren't even happy like at all. Mm -hmm. We didn't have hardly anything in common, like at all. Like we couldn't sit and talk for hours about anything. Mm -hmm. Like we just, we just didn't have anything in common and we were just in this like depressive codependency bubble mm -hmm. together. Okay. Like just depressed together. Like, just depressed together is mm -hmm. all I can say. Like, it was gross. It was mm -hmm. disgusting. And I thought that it was something that I could never get out of. Mm -hmm. Because I didn't want to hurt him. Well, it was safe and comfortable, right? Yeah. And, I like, I also moved out, like, with him. Mm -hmm. Like, we were together for about six years before I moved in with him. Um, that was a good decision. Right? Very like, wise. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, I don't know where that came from. Other than <laughs> I really don't. That's a surprise because most of the time I hear people say, well, we moved in after six days or six weeks. That's and, crazy. Right? No, that's yeah. crazy. Uh, I, I think probably just being an Italian kid and being able to live at home until whenever the hell I want is what <laughs> saved me there. Yeah. Um, but it like it was just I felt like you know I was like it's time for me to to move out mm -hmm. right and I wanted to I wanted to like buy a house or something mm -hmm. and and he he didn't like he he gambled so there was no building any kind of like equity yeah or life mm -hmm. with with this guy like ever we tried to buy a house three times and every time like his portion of stuff was never there. Mm -hmm. So, like, whatever. It was just 14 years of, of boringness and just yeah. being depressed, like, and, and not... But being safe. Well, yeah, but it was gross. Like, mm -hmm. it just felt gross. And I, I, I could have done so much more with my life. I mm -hmm. could have made so many... Like, I didn't make an effort to stay connected with friends, mm -hmm. like... There, there was just so much that like I just settled for, mm -hmm. and I could have been in a different place too. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. But while I was with him, um, I did end up getting like bitten by a tick. Mm -hmm. I went out exercising like a maniac. I was going through a, a jogging phase at the time. Mm -hmm. my, my, my weight was healthy, but I was still, like, even to this day, I'm still like, I need to lose weight. I need mm -hmm. to lose weight. Like, it never goes away. These thoughts never that go away. That dysmorphia is constant, right? Yeah, like, I, yeah. I never see what other people see, and mm -hmm. I never I watch my weight like a hawk, mm -hmm. you know, and, like, I don't know. It's that yeah, internal it's just, voice, it's, hey? It's always there. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, like I was going through, you know, a jogging phase 
and his sister actually invited me out to go to some boot camp um, type workout thing, and it mm -hmm. was at Edworthy Park in like the in the five o'clock in the morning in the dark and we were doing, it was fun. Like mm. we were, we were just crawling around in the grass and stuff like that. And I woke up the next morning with a, with a bite on my arm and I didn't know, I didn't know what it was. I thought it was just a spider bite or something, mm. but like years down the road, I like found out that it was, it was a tick bite. Cause not long after that happened, I started developing, like I started like having chronic pain. Mm. So the, that went on for like, a, that was going on for a year straight and didn't stop. And mm. then my mom died of brain cancer in mm. 2008, which was, I guess, like a traumatic thing. Like I would I, say. I, it happened really fast. Mm. And um, there was a lot of upheaval between like the fat with the family stuff there too. Mm. Uh, like, as much as my mom and I argued, like, she was my rock, you know, mm. like Andrew. Okay, big X, yeah, that's his Andrew wasn't mm -hmm. was never a support like for me, like in certain ways, but mm -hmm. like it was just my mom, you know, like so she and she died and she was only forty nine. And and it happened fast. Mm -hmm. Like it was we found out that she had cancer and three weeks later, like she passed away. Wow. Yeah. So That's pretty traumatic. I yeah. Think. Yeah. So after that my pain got worse. Mm. And, you know, I went through the ringer with doctors and like being told that, like, I mean, and we were trying to find like where the source of the pain was coming mm. from. And there were just, we just can't like, and like ended up with, you know, hitting, what do you call, just hitting walls all the time, mm. not knowing, nobody knew what was wrong with me. It was, I was being told that it was all in my head, mm. right? I even was told like by one doctor that it was, you know, addiction manifesting itself in physical pain, oh my you know, God. and I bought into that as Dude, well. we are so fucked in North America, hey? Yeah. Okay, look, I know you're suffering. Yeah. It's your fault. Yeah. So try to find a way not to do that anymore. Yeah, like you literally <laughs> told me Fuck. your brain is manifesting physical pain. Jesus. Um, because pain and, um, is it dopamine? Like pain and reward, mm -hmm. or it's all in this the same circuitry is in the same part of mm -hmm. the brain, right? So I was just like, oh my god, like you this conjured up, like you I conjured really, up Lyme disease for yourself. Yeah, but I didn't know it was Lyme until after, <laughs> like until after the fact. Yeah. Like it was so. Um, in two thousand and nine, I had to go on disability mm -hmm. because I was in so much pain that I couldn't, I couldn't focus on my job. I mm -hmm. couldn't sit at my chair, like I. So that was devastating, like mm. to lose like my mom and my job and like just everything. Like probably when, some when, hope too. When, yeah, like when this pain like started, it just it took over everything. Like mm. it was so bad that I couldn't even. You just can't enjoy anything when no. you're in that much pain. Like it just completely takes over. Well, our consciousness always goes to pain, right? Yeah. Yeah. So this went on for like my God, 10 years plus mm -hmm. before I got, finally got diagnosed by um, a functional medicine doctor. And then that gave me hope. I was like, okay, like I might mm -hmm. like, 
I could actually get better. Like this is something yeah. that could go away because like the pain was centralized in one part of my body at first. And mm -hmm. then when it started to spread throughout my body, mm -hmm. I was like, okay, this is no, like this isn't an injury. This mm -hmm. isn't like some weird, like psychopathic, like, or like psychologic thing that I'm holding deep within me mm -hmm. that, you know, like this is weird. So I ended up getting tested for Lyme's disease. Blood, my blood was test, sent out to Germany, and that's how it got confirmed. So wait, we don't even have our own Lyme no. disease people in Canada? We do, but they're not allowed to practice <laughs> under... What? and But, like, they're not allowed to say that they're treating Lyme. They have to call it something else. And our testing, like, our tests for Lyme disease in North America are not accurate at have, all did they explain to you why that is or um i honestly i'm just blown away I by that think we like we just europe they're like 30 years ahead of us medically oh yeah god so and many there's ways. a lot of politics with the cdc and mm -hmm. stuff like that when it comes to lyme's disease so it's not really recognized Unreal. as being serious or even real almost in canada and like so it, it was quite the journey to, oh, shit. to find out what was wrong there. So all of the medicine that I've been taking for, for Lyme is naturopathic medicine. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's worked. Like I'm, I've got like my pain symptoms about 80% resolved. Right on. You know, and I ended up getting my, like, you know, I started going back to, I opened up a day home and I started working again like I did the day mm -hmm. home thing because you know it was it was just something that I could do from home and if I wasn't mm -hmm. feeling good like I could you know manage mm -hmm. my own schedule so I felt safe doing that so yeah like a lot of my family like there was a couple of family members that I quite a few family members that I became quite detached from during that time because nobody believed what was wrong with me and mm -hmm. I was labeled a drug addict because I had to be on like certain medications to manage my pain. Jeez. I was, you know, admitted into the hospital at one point because I was in so much pain that like, you know, I was ready to end things mm -hmm. or wanted to yeah. and just begging for help. So I, they put me on eight different, like I ended up being on eight different kinds of medications, like high doses. Yeah meant to treat like nerve pain and also opiates as well mm -hmm. so, so you I, had like, some neuropathy stuff and with mostly neuropathy yeah but like opiates they don't like those aren't good for treating that nerve pain like it actually makes nerve pain worse mm -hmm. so i had to wean myself off of um a lot of it like yeah. a lot a lot of it which i did which took a long time mm -hmm. so I still do need to be on some nerve pain medication mm -hmm. just to manage stuff, but whatever. I got to do what I got to do, right? Fucking so, um, yeah, I, I did, um, I did, you know, lose relationships with family members mm -hmm. because they didn't, be they didn't believe me because mm -hmm. I looked like a crazy person because I was in so, in much, so pain. much pain. Yeah. So anyways, so. Wow more codependency stuff coming up here and love stuff. So like with Andrew, like there was just nothing like mm -hmm. no lovey dovey, no romantical stuff. Like 
that that feeling like I hadn't felt that feeling in like 14 years mm -hmm. like and then um, I joined I joined a, a Facebook group like for support like for people with mm. like this the type of pain that I had and I met somebody on there and this was after Andrew and I had finally broken up I, mm. I broke up with him like after quite a few years of therapy and doing a lot of you know mm work on on this kind of stuff like uh so i i you know came to the conclusion that we weren't happy together mm -hmm. and i could i could leave like i didn't have to to Stick stay it out. Yeah. right and um when i did leave all of a sudden like it was you know he was saying sweet things to me mm -hmm. and i was his best friend and i was all and i was just like who the hell like who are you? Like, mm -hmm. I don't even know you. Like, who, like, who is this person? Wow. Like, I'm usually like not even existent to you. Mm -hmm. So, but he was, you know, he was going through withdrawal. Like we, like withdrawal from people in my experience mm -hmm. is way harder than going through withdrawal from drugs. Mm -hmm. Like I've gone through withdrawal from drugs. It sucks. It causes physical pain and like anxiety and no sleep or whatever. Mm -hmm. But like, few days and it's gone. Yeah, like after mm -hmm. 10 days or whatever, you're kind of, you know, and then mm -hmm. you're a little bit moody for like what post-acute withdrawal symptom for mm -hmm. like for syndrome for a little bit after, but going through withdrawal from a person is like, like, oh my God, you get all of that stuff plus like soul pain mm -hmm. and like heartache. But I didn't experience that with Andrew because I was already like emotionally detached from him like yeah. big time. So anyways, I joined this group and I meet this guy online and he's from the States. Like, so, you know, I wouldn't call this a relationship at all. Like, this is like a situationship <laughs> that went on for three, almost four years. Mm -hmm. And that's quite a situationship. Yeah. Like, like he lived <laughs> in Virginia. Like I'm mm. like, I'm in Calgary, but we just, I don't know. Like we. We shared the connection of like having the same kind of pain and understanding mm. each other that way. Could be a powerful bond. Yeah, it was. It was mm -hmm. very like very powerful, you know. And then we eventually like met each other in person, and like we just kind of like happened. It just happened, and it was like an on again, off again thing. Mm -hmm which I is like not used, like I wasn't used to that mm -hmm. kind of dynamic because when I was with Andrew, like I was with him mm -hmm. for 14 years. But when I realized that I could leave somebody, mm -hmm. you know, if I didn't, you know, like the way I was being treated or mm -hmm. how, like how something felt, I was like, I can leave, like I can leave, right? So we were on again, off again, like for four years mm -hmm. and like I think I put myself through a pretty good meat grinder for like a good year and a half or something like that with him mm -hmm. and like and like because not having other options yeah. <laughs> in between because like I, he would ignore me like for a month at a time mm -hmm. and then decide you know when it was okay to come back and I would just like take him back you know because mm -hmm. of 
just well, you chase. mentioned it codependency yeah. stuff right? yeah and just like yeah. chasing that and like I didn't have anything going on in my life mm -hmm. either like I was still on disability like and he was on disability too so mm -hmm. we were each other's like world mm -hmm. so we were very codependent with each other mm -hmm. like very codependent we would spend hours on the phone like facetiming each other like all day because we had nothing like mm -hmm. Well, we could have done other stuff, but, but like, we just chose not to. We mm. were in a like love bubble and ah, the bubble, right? So it mm. was a nice feeling bubble, but it, it did turn into like an ugly, like it turned mm. into a gross bubble. I think that's the natural outcome of bubbles. I think yeah, those kinds of bubbles like, usually go gross when it gets toxic, right? Mm. Like if it's just toxic, it, um, and when you get two people that are broken mm -hmm. and two people that don't love themselves that always I find in my experience it turns into like that gross toxic it, it that always e equals toxicity mm -hmm. like every time and like I am someone who's broken and who doesn't like love herself yet mm -hmm. like I've never given myself the chance to yeah. I've been in and out of recovery for 10 years mm -hmm. I have lots of awareness and lots of knowledge but like mm -hmm. putting things into action like I've quite Stubborn and quite, you know, like wanting to do things just on my own. Mm -hmm. You know, I accept that I, I have accepted that I do have issues with addiction, mm -hmm. but just always thinking that I don't need help to <laughs> do this on my own mm -hmm. kind of thing. And I always fall flat on my face. So, you know, and I do believe that like, the whole Lyme's disease thing was got as that part got as severe as it did because like I did ravage my body mm -hmm. like starving it like the way yeah. that I did and I do believe that it affected my immune system mm -hmm. in a very negative way and also when you grow up like I've been told that growing up in like a very um traumatic environment can can make a person's immune system quite low as well. Oh, it can do all kinds of stuff. I was having yeah. like health issues like with stuff from like three years old. Like mm -hmm. I always got sick very easily and stuff like that. So similar to COVID, mm -hmm. like you can get bit by a tick and not um, get very sick from it. But if it just depends on how your immune system is. Mm -hmm. So mine is quite weak. So it affected me in a severe way. It's a little side rant there. I think it's a relevant rant, actually, because it's relevant to add in, to include the role that trauma and stress in the home had on you in your developing years, right? And mm -hmm. they've come to understand, like biologists and stuff, have come to understand that's very much a real thing. Yeah. Even when you're in, your, in, in the womb, right? The yes. stress surrounding the mother, yes. all that stuff is... It's transmittable, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It really is. Like mind, body, spirit, like it is all, mm -hmm. like it's, it's all connected. So. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, like I just don't want any of this like chaos and drama for the rest of my existence. Well, <laughs> as we're sitting here talking though, can. it's crazy that you're even here, right? Like, because a lot of, a lot of people. I've been go, told this before. Yeah. Well, I shouldn't say crazy. It's, it's just. If we looked at the law of averages, mm -hmm. it's probably not very, it's probably not very likely that you would be here. Yeah. Still, but good. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm, I am fortunate though, too, to have like some family members that mm -hmm. just 
will never give up on me, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm just, I'm just, a, I'm just stubborn. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just puff and I just, I don't know. I've been it, told that I'm resilient. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, it's too bad that you have to go through all that you went through to become resilient, right? But that's usually what resilient people do. Right, but like how (laughs) how much of it was like, I know a lot of it was out of my control, but Mm -hmm. like, you know, as you become, like as I became an adult, like I could have made different decisions for Mm -hmm. myself, you know, and I could have, I could have gotten help and things would have, Mm -hmm. you know, turned out differently. But I, I would say that like, I didn't really know about um, like recovery resources mm-hmm. until like the chronic pain stuff started. Yep. So that's when I should have like really started getting help for like the codependency and mm-hmm. like. Realistically, it could have love. been when you started. Yeah. How like would it you was have the known? beginning of it. Yeah. Like it, it, it took a long time to peel away like all mm-hmm. the layers. At first, it was like, you're addicted to your family. Like, um, what does that mean? Like, mm-hmm. I just couldn't understand what it meant. But I was, mm-hmm. I was, like, I was addicted to all of the drama that was going mm-hmm. on in it. And like, yeah, like just feeling obligated like obligated to to Mm -hmm. go to like every single function and just just a lot of obligation Mm -hmm. and just feeling like safe there and not like having to go out of my comfort zone Mm -hmm. to like meet new circles of people because like I am an introvert and to be honest like like I'm not scared of a lot of things but Mm -hmm. I'm scared of people like I, I don't I don't trust a lot of people like people scare me Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah, that comes from lack of self-love too. A lot, and some other things. You know, and just the trauma that I went through. Mm-hmm. Like people haven't really shown you that they can be trusted, though. Right? right? Like, right? Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, I'm a grown-up now, and I need to, I need to teach myself this stuff. So, mm-hmm. Virginia guy, guy from Virginia. Yeah, off and off again, on again. So, my with with the withdrawals that I would have from him were. Crazy like super 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 crazy Mm -hmm. and I can't even say that I was really like gaga over this guy either Mm -hmm. like I did have that like lovey-dovey feeling like with him we had a deep connection right we did like we really did and I did love him but like not like he was not my unicorn man Mm. you know what I mean but I I would have you know we got engaged it didn't ended up not happening because we did sort of end up living together for about 10 months and it was not pretty. Like mm. it was not good. Um, so while we were on again, off again, like after just being tired of like going through so much anxiety from that all the time, I was like, Hmm, I'm going to, I'm going to put myself on a, on a, online, like mm. a dating app. It's never something that I'd ever even crossed my mind because mm-hmm. I was with, Andrew for so long yeah, and I just wasn't going to ever cheat on him or anything. Mm-hmm. And you know, I didn't have an iPhone <laughs> and then like, I don't know. And I just didn't have the confidence to do that mm-hmm. because of my health issues. Mm-hmm. But I just was like, this hurts too much. Like this pain that I'm going through with this man hurts too much. Mm-hmm. So I needed to find a way to, to numb the pain. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm not a drinker. Like 
weed, I, I admit that like if it's around, like mm -hmm. I'll take a hit, you know, but um, the only thing was like, I, I put myself online and put myself out there and it was like, holy shit. Mm -hmm. Like, wow. Like I can just like, look at how many options there are. Like I can not like, and it, it I would talk about I, dopamine dumps, right? right? Yeah. Like, oh, and there, it was just, okay. So much attention from men again, mm -hmm. you know, and lots of options. And I don't have to feel like this when mm -hmm. he's ignoring me or when we're on an off you know, I can, I can put a bandaid on this. Mm -hmm. Right. And I did start doing that. Like, it, mm -hmm. so the dating apps, like, and meeting men on there became a mm -hmm. thing. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> that is something that I like never want to do that ever again. <laughs> I, Isn't it crazy? Yeah. Like I remember listening to people talking about it, um, in recovery circles and being like, damn, that's fun mm -hmm. like I wish I could do that but I couldn't because I was in you know with mm -hmm. Andrew I was in a yeah. long-term relationship I wasn't allowed to do that sort of thing mm -hmm. but it's a torturous thing like it's <laughs> it's the exact same like it's no different than being on again off again with somebody or with the same person mm -hmm. it's just you're just doing it with like multiple people like, randoms yeah so i was i was never one to have like multiple people on the go at once mm -hmm. but it was like one after the other like serial mm -hmm. yeah like what do they call it monogamous serial serial dating. monogamy like, yeah yeah like one after the other like you mm -hmm. don't even give yourself time to yeah you know you just scramble to like you know find somebody else to get mm -hmm. that like hit from well because you don't want to slow down because then you're going to feel the pain right yes yeah. like big time right and mm -hmm. there were lulls where i couldn't get like call it supply mm -hmm. right and it was very painful mm -hmm. and i found that i was actually crying about not the guy but like the loss of my relationship mm -hmm. with my brother and my dad and my mom mm -hmm. like that's what i always ended up really focusing on being so sad about yeah. right so <laughs> good lord like it's just a drug like mm -hmm. that like this is like like love addiction mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm gonna say sex addiction too i like, used it for like a couple, my first couple like years sex and love addiction yeah. like that's what it that's what it's you know there's meetings that you go to that mm -hmm. are for that and the whole like I did used to believe in like the one or like my soulmate mm -hmm. or, you know, and that falling in love was that feeling that you get when you first meet someone and it's mm -hmm. chemistry. Like that's not, that's not falling in love. That's just a chemical reaction, mm -hmm. you know, and that goes away after mm -hmm. time. That's the honeymoon phase, right? So like most of these little, like I don't, like they're not, I don't even call these people boyfriends or like boyfriends. They're mm -hmm. just like flings. So they would happen for like what, one to three months. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, okay, like I'm good. And yeah. Three months is the maximum. End of starting those. to feel gross. Yeah. Or, you know, I don't like this. Like you're not right. You know, so yeah. I'm starting to get to know you and you're awful. Yeah. So like I did that like relentlessly for like, oh my God, for quite a while. Mm -hmm. And then I finally met this last guy you know, that has wreaked the most mm -hmm. destruction, like, 
this, this, uh, then this is a situation shift too. I'm not even mm -hmm. going to call this a relationship because it was something that was never going to be sustainable. Mm -hmm. He has an ex-wife and children. I'm not married and I don't have kids. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want that mm -hmm. stuff. Like, I don't want, like the thought of having somebody else's kids and someone else's ex-wife dictate my life is like, no, mm -hmm. like, no, that's not happening. That's sa that's me sacrificing myself a lot mm -hmm. for somebody who isn't, who is never going to work with me. Mm -hmm. Right. So I, I knew I always deep down, I always knew that I, I couldn't do that situation. Mm -hmm. And not only because of the reason that I said, but because it was a very similar dynamic to what I grew up in, mm -hmm. like the whole, like chaos, Calm. Yeah, blended family stuff. Mm -hmm. Like I felt like I was the other woman. Like it was just, it was mm -hmm. just like triggering a lot in me. Yeah. So, like, oh my God. But this, this guy, like this guy, he was my like unicorn. Mm. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. unicorn man, my one. Like I've never been so crazy over somebody mm. like like I have with this guy. And like we we hurt each other mm -hmm. a lot. Like I'm not gonna sit here and say that like he hurt me so much and mm -hmm. like because I, I am like it's a two way street. It right? is always a two way street, yeah. and I you know we were very codependent. Mm -hmm. Like we like connected, and it was like we were stuck at like stuck mm. at the hip like instantly, like instantly. So, you know, together, like almost every single day. And mm. when we weren't together, we were both miserable, mm. right? Like, so, um, yeah, like very, very enmeshed. Mm -hmm. And just, I felt intoxicated just being around him. Yeah. Like just, it just, yeah. Isn't it amazing what codependency can do? Yeah. Like it is intoxicating. Yes. Like, especially when you start doing all these sacrifices for the other yes. person, right? And I'm yeah. using quotation marks, but because uh, it's not really that way. The no. sacrifices are more so for ourselves, right? Yeah. To try to get our fear under control, yeah. get our insecurities under control, yeah. right? So we clamor to do all these things and mm -hmm. just never like works I'll out. Just, I lost myself. Yeah. Like I totally lost myself. Like, yeah, that's the key right there. You know, I'm... Losing yourself in the service of someone else, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I don't know if, like, I can't speak for him. Mm -hmm. Of course. But, like, he said that he never felt that, that way with me. Mm -hmm. Like, he's like, I don't feel like I lost myself with you. Because he didn't have to. Right. So, yeah. like, I, I was, <laughs> like, doing a lot of, like, yes, mm -hmm. yes, yes. Like, just saying yes mm -hmm. all the time. And when I would say no... You know, I, I would get a reaction that was un less desirable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and that would make me feel anxious. So mm -hmm. I would just say yes all the time. Yeah. So that that was like that was the dynamic of of you know that, and it, it was exhausting. Like it mm -hmm. was so exhausting. Like, and so, yeah, just pleasing him all the time was exhausting and his situation, like his life situation was mm -hmm. exhausting and me trying to convince myself that I could do it and could handle it mm -hmm. was like exhausting. Mm -hmm. 
because I just, I didn't want to lose him. Yeah. And I would try to like, I would always try to break up with him, but it wasn't like, it's like I wasn't allowed to. Mm-hmm. He chased me like hard, mm-hmm. which also kind of like fed my ego too. Totally. You know? Who doesn't want to be chased a little bit? Right? Like, yeah. and I was just like, oh my God. And I knew, like, I knew, like I had enough, like, like at this point, you know, mm-hmm. I have enough awareness, like recovery awareness and like awareness about codependency and love addiction and sex addiction and all that stuff to know mm-hmm. that this is like not healthy. Mm-hmm. Like this is not a healthy situation. I need to get out of this. Mm-hmm. But I like, I just, I couldn't let go of him. I didn't want to let go. And then it just, it just got to the point where, um, Things with COVID and like my day home business mm-hmm. were just not like I was just done with that stuff. I was done worrying about like his ex-wife and worrying mm-hmm. about like how, like literally having anxiety over what was going to happen with him. Mm-hmm. But my business wasn't working out, so I was just you know I'm gonna I'm gonna close the day home. I'm gonna sell my house. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna and I'm just gonna start fresh. Like, I'm going to go to school, do mm-hmm. something that I actually want to do. I'm going to get a little part-time job, mm-hmm. do something fun, like get out in the world to do work. Because that, that was a big deal for me, too. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I haven't, like, I first got sick with Lyme's disease when I was 27. I'm 41. Mm-hmm. And I haven't had, like, a job, uh, like, outside of working for myself mm-hmm. since then. Like, like me having a job, even just as a cashier was giving me anxiety. Mm -hmm. I knew I had to do it. Like I knew I just needed to take a little like leap and I'd be fine. Cause Mm -hmm. I was, I was, I was like watching six kids at, at one time, like Mm -hmm. and wrangling them all in and maintaining a household. Like, so I could physically do it, Mm -hmm. but just there, there was a lot of trauma around losing my job and going through all that pain like that physical mm-hmm. pain for that long. Oh yeah. So it was, I knew it was it just changes like, you yeah, it was a leap that I had to take mm-hmm. and I was excited for it, but I was anxious and mm-hmm. scared. So this is where things get really like ugly and kind of like where I am now, which mm. is a whole new rock bottom. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm, excited about starting school and mm-hmm. finding a job and this guy's getting nervous about me being busy and not having and like Enough so time. much time to spend with him mm-hmm. and even I could tell that he was feeling insecure about mm-hmm. me being out in public even mm-hmm. you know so but I think it was mostly about not being able having enough time mm-hmm. for, for for him and his schedule. So he offered me a job. He offered me a job at his um, at his company, and um, I took it. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to. It wasn't something that I want to do. It was like it was in an in like an industry that I have no like no. Mm-hmm interest in, not something that I ever would have applied for myself. Um, but like, I, 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 I took it because I couldn't say no. 
Like, mm -hmm. and this is this is. This is codependency. Like this is codependency at its finest. When your drug like, of choice asks you to do something, you say yes. Yeah. Right. Right. Like, because mm -hmm. I was worried if I said yeah, if I said no, mm -hmm. that, take your drug away. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't want him to get mad at me. I didn't want him to like punish me. I didn't mm -hmm. want him to maybe talk to start talking to other women or. Mm -hmm. You know, like uh, so many scripts going through my head. It yeah. just, it, I knew it would, e would equate to, yes, losing my drug. Mm -hmm. So I put myself in danger and I lost my arm, my right arm below my elbow. Mm -hmm. So because I couldn't say no mm -hmm. to this person, I am, I am now an amputee. Mm -hmm. And that is so messed up. Yeah. Like, and it's been nine months now. Mm. And like, I'm, it's been de a devastating nine months. Yeah. Like I've had to grieve what I thought we were. Mm -hmm. um, it, like the breakup was ugly, ugly, mm -hmm. like so ugly. We both lost some, like, big things mm -hmm. as a result of it like he didn't lose a limb but he lost big yeah. like a lot too mm -hmm. and like for two people that like you know enjoyed each other's company so much and just hate mm -hmm. each other so much now and mm -hmm. like completely destroyed each other's lives because of whatever like I can't get into too much detail about no. the situation but like the an accident happened mm -hmm. and it just like everything blew out of the water because mm -hmm. we couldn't get enough of each other mm -hmm. you know what i mean so like that's how that's how like dangerous like love addiction and codependency mm -hmm. is like it's it, it's just as lethal as mm -hmm. as heroin like Anything. i yeah like when when we will when we will literally sacrifice our health for anything, yeah, it becomes incredibly dangerous, yeah. Right, and it's, and when it's a person, mm -hmm. um, nine out of ten times in those environments in those situations, they don't realize how codependent the other person is, is because their their needs are being met. Yeah. So they're fine. Yeah. My needs are being met. Why would I have any issue? Yeah. You have a problem. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And and I have a problem. Yeah. And, and then. One thing leads to another, and who knows how it ends. Yeah, like, we, it, it, we, it was both of us. Like, mm -hmm. again, both two broken people that don't love themselves. Like, you know what I mean? And Chasing their tails a little yeah, bit. Yeah. And trying to control each other and mm -hmm. trying to make each other be something that we're not. Yeah. You know, like, he was trying to fit me into a mold of something mm -hmm. that I couldn't do, and I was trying to, to do the same mm -hmm. thing, all because of, like, this 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 chemistry that we had mm -hmm. you know what i mean like but it was it was more than that i would say like we did have mm -hmm. we did have quite a few things in common and um we could talk for hours mm -hmm. you know and it was it wasn't always just about him when we were talking mm -hmm. but there was lots of compromising that had to go mm -hmm. on all the time but i just i i couldn't be who he needed me to be and mm -hmm. he couldn't be who I needed 
him to be. Mm-hmm. So we just destroyed each other. Mm-hmm. You know, and like I'm disabled. I'm disabled now. Mm-hmm. You know, like and this whole thing too, like so it's kind of like thank God for recovery because mm-hmm. if I didn't have recovery, this situation would be would would probably stick me in the ground. Mm-hmm right now because like though I haven't been actively in recovery for a long time like it just it has made my thinking different like I'm not going to stay in victim mode Mm -hmm. like there's a silver lining to this yeah I I did I lost my arm things are hard to do things Mm -hmm. are different it'll get better over time I'm grieving the loss of my limb I'm grieving the loss of the connection that I had. I don't know if I'll ever, you know, find mm-hmm. that kind of connection ever again. And that's, you know, that's tied to how I look. So mm-hmm. not only do I worry about my weight now, it's like, okay, now I need, like now I'm missing a limb and I mm-hmm. look gross and I need to compensate for, now my body needs to be totally 100% perfect mm-hmm. to compensate for what my arm looks like Mm -hmm. so this is is flaring up my eating disorder stuff again is it it is yeah so and also that's happening because i am like i'm not going to like i like if i had broken up with this guy and i didn't leave the you know situationship Mm -hmm. with a limb gone i'd be on dating sites again Mm -hmm. So this is like forcing me to, it's like, okay, Gina, it's time to like. Look at your shit. No, it's no more like messing around. Mm-hmm. Like you need to, this is a season, this is your season to work on yourself. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like just, cause there's just so much destruction like mm-hmm. in my life because of, because of this stuff. Yeah. Right. And it, like I'll die if I don't, mm-hmm. if I don't look at it. Yes, yeah, like anyone with a drink, with a drink or a drug, right? Yeah. If we don't look at it, we will die. It'll yeah, kill I'll us. totally die. Yeah. And you know, it breaks my heart. Like, I, don't, I mean, I mean, it's okay. Like I'm, like it's mm-hmm. been. Me and this guy have broke up like five months ago, mm-hmm. and I've been abstinent from him for. 40 days, which mm-hmm. is the longest that like we've gone with no communication. Mm-hmm. And I, I still, uh, you know, I, I still miss him and I still mm-hmm. crave, I would say crave, mm-hmm. I'm craving that feeling that we had when mm-hmm. it was good. But like, I, I can't have, like, I can't, mm-hmm. I cannot have him in my life like ever again. Mm-hmm. You know, and I I can't have this kind of dynamic happen with another person ever again Mm -hmm. unless I'm like, I just can't because Mm -hmm. I could like I almost died. Yeah, I could have died. Well, and the healthier you get, the less likely you will to have one. Yeah. Right. Right? Well, it's it's true. It's just the way it works. Yeah. You know, so I'm, I'm like, it's unfortunate that like I had to lose a limb to fuck. Yeah. To like finally be like okay Mm -hmm. well and it's it's so the fact that you had to lose limb for it like it's just like 
it reminds me of how close we all get to that, right? Because mm -hmm. it's not like it's not like I was any less codependent than you. Yeah. Right? It's not like I made better choices than you. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I would say yes when damn right I should have said no. Yeah. Right? So like to me, these lessons are just harsh. Yeah. But I think it's because the universe itself is harsh, right? Mm -hmm. It's unforgiving. Right. And and if yeah. we do something enough, it will we will feel the impact of it. Oh, for sure. Right. I just I it gives me goosebumps thinking that all the close calls I'm sure we've had, like you've had in your life too. Like yeah. what the fuck? I know. <laughs> right? I know. Like like people lose money, they mm -hmm. lose their time. Like like I, I can honestly sit here and say that a lifetime with this guy, like as much as I feel in my heart that like I do love him, mm -hmm. being with him like for the rest of my life felt like impending doom. Mm -hmm. Like it, it gave me anxiety, like it was impen like impending doom stuff. Yeah. This, like my arm, I'm like, okay, this is messed up. Like this mm -hmm. is like, it, it is, I don't feel impending doom. Mm -hmm. You know, and this is also not as hard as Lyme's disease was either. Mm -hmm. So like, I don't know, Jesus. I don't know what to make of all of what happened other yeah. than maybe I went through that stuff for a reason. Well, if, if everything does happen for a reason. I don't know. Like, the shitty gosh. things do too, right? My arm got eaten by a machine in two mm -hmm. seconds. Like, life can change so fast. Mm -hmm. You know, and just... Yeah. Enough is enough, right? And mm -hmm. I just... I'm, I'm happy to tell... Like, I'm just excited to tell my story today because it's so easy to point out like how substances can kill you mm. like in form in like the forms of addiction, mm. but like this like relationship stuff and mm. like food stuff, it's, it's way, way more sneaky mm -hmm. and way more cunning and, and because you... it like, it's so complex mm -hmm. and it's things that we need to survive as a human race. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, and it just goes, it just goes, like, under the radar, mm. you know, and it's sad to see. Well, you know what used to be if I was, if, if I said, and I did say this when I was still actively drinking and stuff, I would say that I was addicted to sex. Yeah. And, and friends would say, well, you just have good fortune. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and, of course, it's like, oh, okay, I guess I shouldn't complain about it. Yeah. But eventually that when I got into recovery, then things changed. Yeah. Because then I was able to see in that first two years of not drinking where my behavior with, with promiscuity yeah. became obvious mm -hmm. and shameful because every time I want more, but also like be so sad I had some and yeah. like the whole shame cycle and everything yep. would go. Um, but gradually um, come to understand in recovery that disordered eating is a huge part of most of our lives. Mm -hmm. It's not just for women even, of course. No. Like, um, and I've, I've noticed it because some very strong women through the years have shared their struggles, whereas men have a harder time. Yeah. Um, because we were not given the okay yeah. to have disordered eating. Like we are men, we're not supposed to do that. We just eat what we need. 
Um, and if we eat too much, it's okay because we're men. Mm -hmm. Like I, the truth is my relationship to food was terrible, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, just like a lot of people I know in program, their relationship to food is terrible. Oh, for sure. Right? Over time, when we start to learn that those things are just as detrimental to us as uh, cocaine addiction or uh, alcohol addiction, right? Like you can, just as codependency can lead us to lose a limb, yeah. a life, right? Like, I mean, we both know people, and all three of us probably know people who were either almost killed or killed by a partner, right? When yeah. um, the codependency became too much and the one partner who was no longer getting what they wanted snaps, Yeah. right? Or, yeah. or vice versa, the person being abused snaps. Like, yeah. and, and I don't know, like, I think a little bit of codependency is pretty human. Mm -hmm. Like, and if you, if I look back at like love poems and all that stuff, it really is there like yeah. that. Oh my God. Like yes. love poetry is like so enabling yeah. and codependent. Like, eh? like you are the moon to Good my, people. holy fuck. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but no wonder we're so confused about it. Right. Mm -hmm. Because if we don't have, if we don't exhibit codependent traits when we're meeting people, they don't like us as much. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because, having boundaries means people can't get away with whatever they want. Yes. And I, I'm glad though, because yes. it, as we get older, we can turn people away that way. Yeah. Right. By simply saying, I won't do that. Like absolutely mm -hmm. not under no mm -hmm. circumstances. Boundaries right? is huge. Yeah. Like it, it's one of my radar things that I mm -hmm. am practicing. Like if, if I, okay, so this, I'm just not, Losing my arm has given me this new superpower of being able to just say no. Mm -hmm. Like, and I'm grateful for that. Mm -hmm. Like, cause it's just, if I don't say no, like. What's going to happen? Yeah. Right. So mm -hmm. I, I, and it's hard. Like it used to be so hard to say no and not just to a romantic, like whatever, mm -hmm. just, just anybody. In like general, yeah. Clients of mm -hmm. mine like family members friends like if i say no god forbid if i say no then somebody i might hurt somebody's feelings mm -hmm. or they might get upset like i just i want to control the outcome of their thoughts their feelings mm -hmm. their reactions so that i don't feel pain yeah mm -hmm. and it's just like it doesn't matter. Doesn't it sound crazy when you like yeah, articulate no. it like that? And it's like, it's not, <laughs> and people think that it's like, because you're so nice. It's like, no, it's not being nice. It's just, you just. In a lot of ways, it's actually the opposite of nice. It's totally selfish. Yeah. It's totally selfish, yeah. right? So. But it comes in the guise of being kind and being kind to others, right? Like it's, mm -hmm. it's dressed up like that. Yeah. And another reason why codependency is hard to like track, right? Is yep. because it's dressed up in. Sometimes in very legitimate things. Oh, yeah. People you know? pleasing, rescuing. 100%. You know, compliance, behavior. Nice package. There's so many things. Like That's like a whole goodness. codependency package you just listed yeah. off. Yeah, <laughs> God. Now, if you meet someone and they have that whole package, walk away from them. It's like red flag. Right? You know, and yeah. so, like, you know, I have talked to some people since, like, this relationship has ended and... Mm. And I'm like, if I say like, don't, don't call me that, mm -hmm. or can you please not talk to me that way? And they just keep on doing it. Mm -hmm. It's just like, Hey, no, no. Mm -hmm. Like you don't, if somebody doesn't get the concept of no, no, 
then it's like, okay, you're, you're not a help, mm-hmm. like healthy for me. Yeah. We're good here. Because yeah. they get, you're getting bullied. Mm-hmm. Right. And even if it is, and, and even if it is in terms of nice things, quote unquote, nice things, yeah. right. Oftentimes I've noticed that men will do this. Maybe women do it too. I just probably haven't paid as much attention to it, but I've noticed men, um, will do that on purpose. Right, we'll try to. It's almost like gaslighting, I guess. Is what yeah. I'm trying to trying to articulate. Is it's kind of like gaslighting. Do it on purpose when you say no, mm-hmm. and they'll. But, but I was just being nice. Yeah. It's like when when a man says you should smile more, right? Mm-hmm. Like when they say I've heard men say this in rooms to women. You'd be a lot prettier if you smiled more. And of course, but it's the same thing. Yeah. Is even if they cut out that you'd be prettier, if they all, yeah. if all they say is you should smile more. Yeah. What they're trying to do is get around the caveat. Yeah. So they're not directly saying you would be very beautiful if you smiled more yeah. because that can be really obviously offensive, mm-hmm. right? And it's controlling and mansplaining and everything else that goes along with it. Yeah. Um, but the key is they don't listen when you tell them that's not okay. Yeah. And w- women absolutely do. like. For sure they do. Yeah. yeah. For sure they do. I just don't have any examples, but mm-hmm. I think last week I actually li- witnessed a guy doing this in a meeting, yeah. and I was just like, wow, I'm uncomfortable. Like, yeah. And he wasn't even talking to me, mm-hmm. but it was just like, oh. I know. But of course, in those, in those places, those atmospheres, people have to watch out for themselves. Oh, for sure. Right? Like, unless it's like overt, yeah. where, you know, um, yeah, like, for example, if I see a, an old timer with a new female, putting there, give him a hug and, you know, a real good hug. Yeah. Yeah. Like I might say something to that old timer yeah. after. I might yeah. be like, that was fucking creepy. Totally. Right? Like, totally. Because that is creepy. And it we can is. all feel that, right? Yeah. Like even if you're a man, you can just sit there and you're like, oh. Yeah. What are you doing? God, she must feel awful. And then surprised when they stay for the whole meeting. And it's, but they don't, but of course when we first come in, mm-hmm. we have no idea how we need to be treated. Right, we have no. absolutely like no when idea. You're a newbie, like absolutely yeah. no, you don't. We're so used to guys putting hands on our asses that we don't even think about it, right? Totally, like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, like yeah, my God, when I was working at the casino, that was like mm-hmm. a like it was nothing to. But you just think it's normal, or like you know, mm-hmm. you're growing up. Which is disturbing. And you're getting itself. hit, and you think it's normal. Yeah. Like we're family sitting around you know, a table, like all of like extended family sitting mm-hmm. around at the table laughing about how grandma and grandpa used to chase me around the house, like chase us around the house with brooms and, and mm-hmm. what, and it's like funny. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, yeah. that's abuse actually. Yeah. It's not hitting, funny. Hitting kids with sticks is not a good no, idea. Right. Yeah. And throwing their clothes out the window and with garbage bags and mm. whatever else. Like, yeah, but yeah. So it's just, it's craziness, and you never want to hit rock bottom like this bad ever mm. again. You know, like. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> it's just like, oh my God. I don't know why I got to, t- like, I don't know. I don't either. I don't know. Like, I've. <laughs> That's what I was wondering as you were talking. Just I'm just like, like why to, you? I went to a meeting last, like, last night, and it yeah. was a speaker meeting, and I. I walked in and it was all guys. I'm like, is this mm. a men's meeting? And they were like, no, it's not. And I was like, okay. So I sat down and I mm. was hoping that, you know, like more women would show up. And there was like one old lady there. Mm. 
So like, I don't think that I'll go to that meeting like anymore. Like, cause I, I just, I need to be in a place where no, no men, I need to abstain. Like yeah. not only from like this, this guy, but just like men mm-hmm. for, in general, like so you can get your footing back, way, right? Like to, yeah, yeah, just to, just to get to know me and just make like closer connections mm-hmm. with women. And I just like, I was just didn't want to do that before. I was like, mm-hmm. that's no fun. <laughs> like, well, it's not. Fun? That's not fun. <laughs> you, right? don't get, like, you don't get to look at your drugs of choices while you're no, at a woman's meeting. Like the, the more time that I've spent away from pursuing that, like it actually feels really good to make mm-hmm. connections with, with women. Mm-hmm. Like when I go, like I like to hike. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and I don't, I'll, I'll go like in group hikes, like mm-hmm. with, with, if there's men and women there, but like to go just with guys, like mm-hmm. it's very uncomfortable, like it's very uncomfortable because I mm-hmm. don't want to be hit on or mm-hmm. talked to in that way. Like I just, it grosses, I, I'm at a place where like this has been so traumatizing, like this whole thing mm. with me that I, I'm just grossed out. I'm, yeah. I'm grossed out by it. And I'm, I'm, I feel grateful for that mm-hmm. actually. Well, I think it's a, it's a wonderful turn of events. Yeah. Yeah. Like my arm got sawed off to save, like, I don't know, whatever. I'm not I trying like, to say that there's a, that that's the reason, but. I don't know either. You, you said it earlier. You're the one who's who will find a silver lining if there is one, right? And there well, might there, be more there than has one. To be. Yeah, like there's going to be. Yeah, like or else what am I like? Well, there are, there usually is, yeah. right? It, but it might take time. Yeah. You know, especially from something so traumatic, right? Yeah, and because it's been so traumatic, it's been really like hard to un like un enmesh mm-hmm. with this man. Yep. Like, I, I can't go back and fix what happened mm-hmm. where it broke, where things got broken. Yeah. Like, we're both not the same anymore. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's just all really very heartbreaking and... Yeah. Well, the non-heartbreaking thing is that you're still here, you know? Yeah. And that's, I think, what the key was throughout is... That's why you're here. Yeah. Just because you don't give up. Wow. Lots of people don't make it out of these kind of relationships alive. I know. Right? Like most murders and stuff is like it's domestic stuff. Yeah. It's the number one, I think, isn't it? For I'm pretty sure it yeah. is. Yeah. So it's my one of the most dangerous situations. Gina, you made it out alive. Yep. You're you're only forty. You have a lot of life left to live. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of ladies who are like way older than you and they've wasted like forty years of their life. Yeah. So. And you could see, you could even see how that could happen because you, you spent 14 years of your life. Yeah. Now, I will say wasted because I don't believe time is wasted if people mm-hmm. eventually, even if they don't, but I, it's just time, right? I don't think we can waste it. We can either do something yeah. that we want or do stuff that we don't, right? Yeah, it was just, yeah, you know, but I, I came out of that knowing that I never wanted to do that again. Mm-hmm. Like I never wanted to stay in a toxic, gross thing like that ever again yeah because it was like it was kind of traumatizing too it was 100%. just like i 
I wasn't even being myself, really, even. Mm -hmm. you yeah, know? and, and I, that's traumatic. I live in an apartment by the river now, and, like, I got my cat, and, my, like, I like living alone. Mm -hmm. It's a good I don't, life. I don't like living with other people. <laughs> <laughs> and so I that might be the key like, of the whole thing. I, you know, I went back to work, like, when I after you know being on disability so long like like with the Lyme's disease and feeling so ashamed of like not being where all of my you know peers were mm -hmm. in life you know like married with kids and having a house and this and that like so much shame mm -hmm. because like my illness was invisible you know and then when I obtained all of that stuff minus the husband and mm -hmm. children I was like what it, what is so great about like I'm working, I own two houses, mm -hmm. like, what's the big deal? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm still not. You were still in chronic pain. I was, well, <laughs> I was still in pain, not as much pain, mm -hmm. but I was, you know, doing, I was keeping up with the Joneses as mm -hmm. much as I could, and I and wanted. Did, did it make you feel better? No, not like mentally or emotionally. Yeah. Like I wasn't like in panic, like an anxiety anymore. Like I felt like I had more control over my health and mm -hmm. my life, but I wasn't happy. Yeah. So, and then, you know, like this happened and I'm not working again and I'm just like, whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't, know I don't that. care. Like I yeah. just... Like, I'll go back to work eventually. Mm -hmm. I'll go, I do. I want to go back to school. Yeah. Um, so tell us about the videos. The so videos. We're, so we, it's been, ooh, an hour and a half? Yeah, about that. Okay. Oh, my God. Okay. It's awesome. No, so the videos that you make to, and about your arm and about... Oh, yeah. I started, um, started a YouTube channel mm -hmm. to just share my story, like, just to share my journey of healing mm -hmm. and to... Um, just to like to give people who are going through it like mm -hmm. hope mm -hmm. a lot of it right now it just is contain it has a lot of content about um, what I'm doing right now to heal mm -hmm. and it's also so it's like lots of like videos of me hiking and mm -hmm. like and I do enjoy like editing videos and like because it's a creative outlook I'm a creative mm -hmm. person so I, I enjoy doing that and um I'm just I'm just hoping that like because when I was in the hospital with one arm like like I was like what do I do what am I going to do mm -hmm. like how am I going to do life like this yeah so I just want to kind of use it as a vehicle to help people mm -hmm. and I want to go to school I want to study occupational health and safety because this kind of stuff just shouldn't mm. happen to any, like shouldn't happen to people. And mm. I want to, if I can make a little bit of difference mm -hmm. from telling my story, you know, then maybe, then maybe that's, that's what I'm supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And I have to stay healthy to do it. Mm -hmm. So. Agreed. And I think you're doing yeah. it. And so your channel on YouTube is? It's just Gina Priolo. Okay. Yeah. It's just my name. I haven't come up with a, it's perfect. Clever name yet. <laughs> your, your name is the clever name. Yeah. So, yeah, it's fun to do. Mm -hmm. I haven't gotten quite into, like, showing people how to use, like, how I do things. Mm -hmm. um, because I do have to do things differently with 
my prosthetic on and with with it off. Mm -hmm. So like everything that I do, I have to think about for sure how I do it because I'm learning how to relive again. Mm -hmm. It's like a hobby actually right now. So it's uh, it's exhausting, mm -hmm. but eventually it will it will become my new normal. Yeah, and, and I'll just do things without even thinking. Yeah. Anymore. Hundred percent, especially after you practice, especially if you, and if you start showing people how you do things, right? Yeah. Because then you'll you'll naturally become yeah. more expertise. Yeah. Like more I've expert I've done it. that. It's like one of the first things I did in the hospital was how do I put my hair up in a ponytail with one hand? Mm -hmm. I was like, oh my God, like, yep. how, like, am I ever going to get to put a ponytail in my hair again? Mm. And there were, gir there's girls on, like, there's ladies online, like, sh with that have one arm, like, mm -hmm. not even, I'm blessed to have my elbow mm -hmm. left, actually, because I still can use whatever I have left to do certain things. Mm. But, like, people that have, like, above the elbow, like, mm -hmm. your functioning is way less. And, um, options for prosthetics are way less too mm -hmm. so yeah girls just with one hand just like amazing like it's not perfect but it's it's still a ponytail mm -hmm. i'll never be able to braid my hair again or anything but it's not like i you know i'm not gonna be down on it because it's not like i really did it that much anyways <laughs> well i guess one of the things you'll discover too is what you really want to do versus what you don't really need to do anymore. Yeah. You know, not to use the ponytail as an example, but. Yeah, but paint, like painting, like mm. I've, I'm, I'm, I'm a good painter. Like I've always been What do you paint? I like to paint landscapes. Okay, cool. Yeah, landscapes. So I take pictures when I, when I go hiking mm. and I eventually want to get into like painting them. Mm -hmm. um, because like doing artwork is like a recovery focus thing for 100%. me like it just totally calms me right down and, and I feel centered and I, I started doing it last night for the first time I bought like a paint by number thing because mm -hmm. I thought that might be a an easier way to mm -hmm. to get back into painting because I've had to learn how to do everything with my left hand too mm -hmm. so um it was really like a pretty shaky um last night but it didn't take much for mm -hmm. for my hand to stop shaking and Start figuring out how to move. And yeah, like how to move the brush and, yeah. and stuff. So paint by numbers is probably harder than just painting on a canvas. Well, you have to follow instructions. Yeah, and I might mm -hmm. even like paint with my hook yeah. too as a thing. Why like, not? You know, like so this downtime that I have right now is giving me the opportunity to do self-care stuff. Mm that I am grateful for. All right on. So yeah, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but if you weren't grateful for it, that'd be okay too, right? Well, and I think it's- just, It pisses me off. Like it, of it makes me sad. Like it's, it's, I'm feeling quite positive mm -hmm. like right now, but I definitely do have, I do let myself cry every day. I yeah. do sit in my feelings, you know, like it's hard to look at it. Mm -hmm. It's hard, like when I look in the mirror, it's like, it's not me. You know, I have to MacGyver everything that mm -hmm. I do. And just like every new thing that I do in life right now is like, it's just like, okay, how do we go to the movies and mm -hmm. get my ticket and hold my popcorn and my candy and this and that. Mm -hmm. And like, uh, 
you know, mm -hmm. we'll see how it goes, right? Yeah. Like, so, but that's not the hardest stuff. The hardest stuff is it's like, that is fine. It's just the way I look mm -hmm. is what kills me. And that I, I feel like I lost a limb at the hand of a man that I loved. Mm -hmm. That's what kills me the most. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very tough pills and it's to swallow. Scary. Yeah. It's scary. No shit. So I just not gonna fall in love or lust or lava. <laughs> what do they call it? Lava. Lava? Lava, yeah, it's an acronym. Love equals af affirmation, affirming, validation, and approval. Oh. So when someone is giving you validation and approval and like just affirming how special you are all the time. All the good stuff. That's lava. That's not love. Mm. Love is that blurb that's in the Bible. That they, <laughs> that they, it is. That's what love is. Or at weddings, when they say love is tender, love is kind, love is... I was going to bring it today. And love does not what, keep score. Exactly. Yeah. Love is not jealous. Love is, you know, whatever. That's true love. This coming from one of the most jealous religions on the planet. Right? But that's actually <laughs> what love is. You know? Yeah. So, I yeah. always find that interesting, though. It's right. It's like the... It's well, the Catholic. It's from the Catholic Holy Bible. We have, we, have, we have love locked up. You guys are scumbags. <laughs> yeah. Mm. We know what love is. So if there was someone out there like yeah. that you could... And you could say anything you wanted to somebody, maybe something that you needed to hear when you were, like, struggling and you didn't get to that point yet, what would you tell somebody? just suck it up and re like get help mm. don't be afraid to ask for help if you're in a if you're in a relationship with somebody and you feel like you're going to die because mm. that's how I felt I was like oh my god I am going to let this man kill me mm. like not that he would literally kill me like on purpose but like this situation is killing me mm -hmm. get help yeah like go get help you know reach out to like there's 12 step meetings for it, mm -hmm. like for codependency, sex and love addict stuff. Just go talk to a counselor. Mm -hmm. Just just get help because you could die. Yeah. Literally. 